Well, hello, everyone. My name is David Apple. I'm head of the SaaS and Software Vertical here at Sage Intact, and I'm the host of this, gosh, amazing podcast that we're doing, the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. It was created for you, CFOs, controllers, FP&A, RevOps, and other members of the finance community and fast-growth SaaS companies. Everybody's looking for, how do I get smarter? How do I get ahead? How can I learn from others? And so in these weeks, we discuss subscription usage billing models, RevRec, SaaS metrics, forecasting, other key functions on driving cash flow and a trajectory on a firm, uh, firm on its path to an IPO. And joining me, oh my gosh, is one of my favorite people, Lauren Kelly. Lauren is the CEO of OpEx Engine. She built an amazing company. She's going to describe it to you, but it's a leader in benchmarking so much that she had an excellent acquisition to get pulled into a a bigger firm's full set of offerings to help CFOs like you get ahead. She and I have some questions and Q&A and riffing off each other that we want to do and helping everybody out. But Lauren, would you tell everybody a little bit more about you and the company? Sure, David. Thanks so much. And I really appreciate the chance to be on your podcast. I've, mm. I've heard your podcast a number of times. You're doing a great job and it's a great service for CFOs and um, really happy to speak here. So I'm, I'm Lauren Kelly. I'm the founder and CEO of OpEx Engine. OpEx Engine is the leading independent third-party SaaS benchmarking platform. And what that means is that we are um, a platform where software and SaaS companies share their internal financials and, and operating metrics in a structure that we've built over the years, working with hundreds and hundreds of companies. And then they can compare their performance in every department in the company and expenses and headcount and KPIs um, against peers, against top quartile performers, against different types of, um, you know, different ways of looking at it. So for example, if you're a company and you're looking to grow your product set and expect that your average contract value is going to be 30% higher. You can you know, set that up in our platform so that you can look at what does that mean, not just for revenue, but what does that mean for sales hiring? What does that mean for R&D expenses or hosting expense or a whole variety of different things? So companies use our platform for budgeting, planning. Companies as you know, like Intact and Sage. Um, we love you guys, you're great customers. And um, it's been so exciting to work with you over the years from before you went through an acquisition. <laughs> Afterwards, you're leading the Oh, it's, it's been a good run together. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I have a lot to learn from you. Now uh, Lauren, Lauren and I are uh, good good business partners on a number of levels on doing things. But, you know, for you, our listener, we want to talk about this because what you're often trying to do is fundraise and get ahead and compare yourselves to other alternatives. And so uh, just Lauren, let's start with this question. What do investors want from benchmarking? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And um, you have to look at, there's different kinds of investors, obviously. Um, and there's different use cases, but starting with a VC um, in an A round, B round, C round, early stage, certainly investors are looking to understand cash flow, runway, making sure, you know, but also in the software and SaaS space, investors can get pretty involved in looking at the unit economics model and um, 
And then, you know, as, as companies hit the growth stage, investors are looking at how, how companies are comparing to similar kinds of companies. We tend to, you know, and then in, from looking at it from investors, as you get into private equity firms that are operating in the, in the growth um, sector, they're looking at, in the first instance, due diligence. You know, when they're looking at companies, they want to see how are companies structured from operating expense, from growth. Um, you know, how do they compare to peers? Are they a top quartile performer on growth and and the management of their resources? How does that vary from different parts of the SaaS industry to other? You know, infrastructure as a SaaS has different. Um, structures than SaaS, you know, application as a service kind of companies, you know, mm-hmm. are they heavy mm-hmm. in CapEx mm-hmm. or in OpEx? Um, you know, companies that are selling a highly transactional, low cost product are going to have totally different structures. And you want to look at benchmarks against that as compared to companies that are selling an expensive subscription, you know, with direct expensive, <laughs> we might add, sales, um, direct sales into the enterprise. So investors want some some ability to look at these things from a nuanced perspective. And when they're looking at private companies, they want to be able to look at benchmarks for private companies and not just against public company financials. Mm. There's so much to this. I mean, folks, Lauren and I could talk forever about <laughs> this, but I think the key theme is there is that when someone's looking to invest in you, how you look is how you compare to others. And that's where this comes in. And there's so much nuance on what the comparison could be. Like Lauren just said, your stage, the vertical and TAM that you have, the billing model that you have, you know, the ARR that you drive. So there's, there's so many nuances, but the important theme is to realize you're gonna get compared and so let me jump ahead to a question because it flows better here, Lauren, which is, so how do management teams tell their story with numbers? Because they're trying to tell their TAM story, their product value, their customer enrichment story, but then the numbers have got to back it up. So how, how, do, how does benchmarking help them do that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it does relate to that. And um, I mean, first and foremost, everything you just described is making sure that their story is being told in the context of their business and not in the context of some other business that the investors might be more familiar with. <laughs> you know, we do that from CFOs all the time, fundraising and also dealing with their board. Um, and so making sure that you're presenting your numbers from that perspective and that, you know, obviously benchmarks are incredibly important because if you're just showing your own numbers, um, it's sort of in a vacuum. How yeah. do you, and especially, yeah, everybody knows an 80% growth rate is great. Or, you know, obviously depending on the stage, it's easier to have an 80% growth rate when you're 10 million than when you're a billion. Um, but it's also in terms of telling your story with numbers is that you have your KPIs, your high level KPIs, but then you have the drivers of those KPIs. And, you know, take your growth rate. Your growth rate could be great because you have a really high net dollar retention rate and you're able to double your money with customers, for example, once you acquire them. 
every year, but you're not actually acquiring very many new customers. And as you mentioned, your TAM might be slow so or small. Um, so it, in the end, your, your model's kind of limited because it's great that you have 180% net dollar retention rate, but um, how long is that gonna last if uh, your market is limited? So mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. story that you have to tell is more than just, you know, you have to show the context of how yeah. they fit together. You know, CAC doesn't really matter unless you look at it in the context of customer lifetime value or, um, you know, a variety of other things. And so you need to show the context of the numbers and then you have to show them in the context of peer companies because what investors are looking for are either top performers or in the case of PE sometimes, you know, they're more focused on what can I do with this company to take it from A and then sell it, you know, for five times more than that. So it's okay if you're not a top performer, if you can tell a story that you can show how, if you made these changes, you would be a top performer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so much to this, folks, as you're listening, right? The key points that Lauren and I want to be making is investors want to see this. You need to tell your story and realize that they're going to look at it regardless. And so you need to tell your story in the context of what the alternatives, investments they could make and what their peers are doing. So let's, let's build on that for a second. What are the tips you've found for people to try to create common measures of comparison. So the CEO can kind of set the context that they want to be looked at in common measures against peers or competitors. Yeah, so definitely, I mean, there's a couple of ways of interpreting this question. <laughs> That's what we do is <laughs> sort of peel back the onion in a lot of mm -hmm, different areas. Mm -hmm. So one is how do you set the context with investors? The other is setting the context within your own company because Sometimes the hardest thing is just to make sure everybody on your management team has the same context for everything. And, you know, we all use the same words, but even defining a customer or defining retention can be interpreted by different, you know, parts of the management team. Um, sales may consider a customer, everybody that they're selling to, but you know, that could be 12 different parts of General Electric, and that could be 5,000 different McDonald's companies. Um, that could be in healthcare, you know, here in the Boston area, we have about two big medical systems that are taking over all the hospitals. So is that one, you know, two customers in the Boston area, or is that actually 12 different, you know, hospitals that are buying your system? And so you have to have common definitions within the company, and then you have to make sure that your investors um, have common understanding of what you're saying. It sounds really obvious, but I tell you, companies struggle with this. One of the best CFOs I know who currently has been working um, for the last couple of years as a fractional CFO does a great job. And he says, every time he goes into a new company, the first thing he does is he goes to the board and he puts up on the board, you know, on the virtual whiteboard and says, these are the metrics that are important to this company. And these are the definitions. 
And he says, you know, it can take one to two board meetings just to get everybody on the board, even though the company and the board's been together for a long time, to get everybody to agree what is the definition of net dollar retention? What's the definition of a customer? What's the definition of, you know, even EBITDA? Um, it sounds obvious, but, you know, sometimes those kind of things are the most important. And then, you know, having perspective, there's always, we spend a lot of time with companies that get acquired by larger companies. And one of the hardest things is you take a freestanding SaaS company acquired by a large company, even a tech company, but they have different ways of looking at things. So the CFO can use benchmarks to help craft a story to explain uh -huh. to the acquirer who you would think already did all this due diligence to understand the company. But you know the real work starts, as you and I know, David, once you get acquired, <laughs> right? Oh boy. I should say um, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and so that's something that uh, the benchmarks, again, can help tell the story because the public information is kind of limited. You know, it, the devil's in the details and that's where the real value is created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, folks, you can see all these things build on top of each other. It's be aware that this has to happen that they're gonna do it without you, that you wanna tell your story in it and then have the context in it with all this. And then the tips are to be proactive and communicate it and drawing out a little bit from them, what are the comparisons, realizing they might be anchored to something else that you have to unanchor them in the classic challenger sale point of view, but it, that it needs to happen in communicating. And that's the thing, again, we try to make these things, these, these podcasts short and sweet, there's the key takeaway for you. Now, Lauren, uh, Bain acquired you, and it's such a strategic move for them, but would you say, what's the value for companies on using you know, the, the combined power of Bain and OpEx engine? Yeah, I'm, you know, I was really excited about the, the acquisition um, for a lot of reasons, but particularly because Bain has such tremendous expertise in helping investors and companies realize their value. And, you know, they obviously work in a, in a much larger market or larger size companies than we do. We work in the mid market mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we can, you know, in today's world, we can bring a lot of that expertise on what are the metrics that drive valuation what are the ways that you can improve your go-to-market? What are the ways that you can improve your R&D and engineering excellence? And we can automate that in our product and our analytics. And that's really where our, our benchmarking uh, platform is going. And so I'm, I'm super excited about some of the stuff we're working on. Oh, that's great. What, what an excellent track record you have of delivering success in this way to so many other companies to be able to do these very points we talked about. As we're wrapping up here, I want to just say thank you to you for joining me and all the time we put in together as individuals and the companies over time, Lauren. And thank you to every all of you for listening and joining us today. If you wish, uh, we built a whole community for you to be able to tap into. It's called the Modern SaaS Slack Community. And simply go to bit.ly, bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash modern SaaS finance. One word, modern SaaS finance. It's a 
great Slack group where we talk about all things about fundraising, business models, investor metrics, building a great team. Also, subscribe here to the podcast. On, we're on all the major platforms. We want uh, to keep bringing these insights to you. Lauren, any final thoughts? No, just um, we'd love to have everybody benchmark with us. <laughs> yes. Really, we just want companies to make data-driven decisions. So if you don't benchmark with us, use data, make your decisions based on that, and good luck to everybody. And thank you, David, so much for and, including me. This oh, is you're great. welcome. And while we're at it, and we want you to do it on Sage Intact. So I don't usually get <laughs> that parochial on the podcast, but since we went there. So- uh, every, Lauren, have a great day to our listener. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Take care, David.